At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Friday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Yes, just home again from another UCLA home basketball game. Happy to report another win. We'll get more into that in just a little bit. Before we dive into the rest of the show, Lakers at Sixers also going on on Thursday night, and the Lakers lost 105-87. to LeBron James earlier in the day was listed as questionable. He's dealing with knee soreness. I can't imagine why. It's not like he's playing a bajillion minutes and scoring, what, averaging over 30 points, trying to carry this team that is below 500 yet again. Anthony Davis, of course, returned in that win over the Nets on Tuesday, which looked promising. But yeah, no LeBron in this game, so no me. I'm really betting on LeBron when I'm betting on the Lakers live. And this is a perfect example of uh, the Lakers ain't mm, without LeBron, right? This, I mean, actually hilarious too. I mean, not hilarious, but hilarious in at least as far as stats (laughs) go. The Lakers were 6 of 29 from 3. And surprisingly, two of those threes, two of three, uh, Russell Westbrook, of all people. So you guys give him a hard time about throwing those up, but some of them are bound to go in eventually is the lesson there. Uh, Davis was 0 for 1, Johnson 0 for 3, Bradley 0 for 2, Malik Monk 1 of 6, but Russell Westbrook gets two in out of three. Puts up 20 points. Anthony Davis, of course, putting up his 31 points. But where was the defense, guys? Seriously. And maybe this is what needs to be addressed with all of this trade business as well. Not even maybe. Definitely what needs to be addressed because uh, LeBron is your best defender and your best offensive player. And the man is, like, ancient. Love LeBron. He's the GOAT. But, like, really, too much on his shoulders and, frankly, on his knee, it looks like. So... This was just not good. And this is this is a good example of knowing what you're looking for when you're looking to bet something live. I was going to look at this and see if LeBron was in before I pulled the trigger on anything, and he did not end up playing, which was a little confusing because he was, you know, warming up. We weren't really sure. Um, and Anthony Davis is back in the mix, but I'm not I'm not betting on Anthony Davis, especially when he's second game back. So this is just it's rough. It's rough all around because this Lakers team, I don't know, without LeBron James, I don't know what you have here. 76ers on the other side, though. Uh, nice, solid performance from them. Tobias Harris, 23 points. Joel Embiid, 26 points. And that's with Seth Curry still out. So, pretty good. Pretty good for the trust the process. Anyways, we'll check back in on the Lakers at a better time, hopefully. In today's show, first... 
previewing the 49ers at the Rams the NFC Championship game with Stormy Bond and Tony, sideline reporter for ESPN, host of VSEN's My Guys in the Desert. And of course, we'll also get her take on the AFC Championship game as well. But I wanted to bring her on for this one because she is a 49ers fan and people... I guess have lumped me in as a Rams fan now because I host the Los Angeles City Cast. Uh, I can't help it that they're good guys. I bet on them when I think they're going to win. But we'll get into that with Stormy. Great conversation with her coming up. Then UCLA and USC basketball. We'll talk about that. They both played Thursday evening. One team won. The other one did not. I already told you which one. So that should tell you what happened to USC. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. Let's talk about championship weekend. NFC Championship 49ers at Rams. Rams minus three and a half at Bet Rivers. Total 45 and a half. Actually down from 47. It was at 46 earlier on Thursday. And Thursday evening, or time of recording here, 45 and a half. So precipitous drop. People really looking at an under here in this 49ers Rams game. And I understand why, because two great defenses. Bengals at Chiefs on the other side of things. People are expecting a high-scoring game. Total on that one, 54.5, and, and the Chiefs are favored still by 7.5, so you get the hook. You get the hook if you think the Chiefs are not going to be able to blow this one out and the Bengals can keep it close. You can get the Bengals plus 7.5 still. It's hard to find those 7.5 still. As far as college basketball, USC still 50-1 to to win the title, but UCLA, before their win over Arizona on Tuesday, was 20-1 to on Bet Rivers, now down to 17-1. to so that big of a drop just from that. So interesting, interesting, interesting. But a lot of things you can find on Bet Rivers. One of the interesting things, actually, before we bring, bring in Stormy and get that conversation going, is Bet Rivers has exactas, which is the result of the actual Super Bowl. So which team against which team and which team will win, if that makes sense. So, for example, uh, Chiefs to beat the Rams is the shortest shot, so plus 250. So assuming that the Chiefs advance past the Bengals, the Rams beat the Niners, and then the Chiefs go on to beat the Rams, that would be plus 250. Rams to beat the Chiefs, plus 333. Semi-interesting, not long enough odds to get that excited about. There's probably more fun things to bet in that Super Bowl than that right now. Chiefs to beat the 49ers at 4-1. to one. 49ers to beat the Chiefs, plus 650. We'll get Stormy's take on all of this as well. Uh, so you can find all these odds at Bet River Sportsbook and so much more. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet River Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Let's welcome in now VSIN host and 49ers fan Stormy Bonatoni. Stormy, thank you so much for making the time for us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be back on for once when I'm not like coming from an airplane or just like no makeup looking crazy. I'm actually fresh from the show. So I've got a cool sports book background for the people. Yeah. For those of you just listening to the pod right now, Stormy's inside the Circa Sportsbook, which is incredible. If you get a chance to see it when you go to downtown 
Las Vegas, definitely, definitely recommend. But Stormy, um, always making time for us, so I appreciate it. Especially because, yeah, usually our little jet setter, you're running everywhere. Uh, because you're also obviously do sideline for ESPN. Um, but like I said, 49ers fan. So for people who don't know, just where does the 49ers fandom come from? Because we know you're from Vegas originally. Yeah, I, people always, like, give me crap because they're like, you're not even from there. Like, where does that come from? Well, the Raiders weren't always here, people, okay? And I've actually been <laughs> programmed because I am a 49ers fan to, like, hate the Raiders my whole life. Raiders and Cowboys are disgusting to my people. But, um, yeah, I was born and raised here in Vegas, and my dad was always just a really huge Joe Montana fan. So in my household, we're all about Notre Dame football. We're all about the 49ers. And it was just thrust upon me at birth. I didn't really have a choice in the matter. I've just always had red and gold. <laughs> I think that's how most of us feel about our sports fandom. People go, why Gonzaga, Danielle? I go, well, my dad, you just, you know, it's just given to you. It's passed down, which is the fun part, too, which is... And it's funny because I, I told you that actually after the Rams game last weekend versus the Bucks, I bet Rams money line and people called me a homer for it, which I'm like, okay. But that's so funny because I'm not from Los Angeles. I didn't grow up watching the Rams in Los Angeles. Even like none of us did. They weren't there. So uh, it's pretty funny, but I get it. Like I'm the LA City cast host, so it comes with the territory. But that said, 49ers at Rams. I can't believe we have to watch these two teams play again or get to rather. Uh, the Rams are three and a half point favorites yet again. Were they favorites? They were favorite in all three games, I think. They were favored. Yeah. Yep. Um, all three, they've been sitting kind of between that three and four. So, like, they've closed, I want to say, at three or three and a half for both of the regular season meetings. Now this one's sitting at three and a half again. And obviously, San Francisco won both of those meetings straight up in the regular season. So, interesting that they're a dog again. But you understand why the Rams have been so good, especially this postseason. I'm still, like, a little caught off guard the way that they have let – their leads slip away though in two of their last three games like against the 49ers we saw at week 18 and then again against the Bucks last week which incredible that they still held on despite the four turnovers and the craziness that happened but I've been a little bit surprised that the Rams have like let their foot off the gas the way that they have lately. Yeah, I agree with you. And I also think that a question that's come up is how Sean McVay has coached in the second halves of those games. So there's something weird. Like we know his record with, you know, when the Rams are ahead at the half, they tend to win. There's only one example of when they haven't. Um, and it seems like these second half of games, things have just not been going as well. And so I'm just interested to see why that is. And also, obviously, people bring up the storyline of Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan. And McVay is 3-7 and seven overall in this matchup and 0-6 since 2019. So what do you kind of think of this? Do you think it's like more narrative or do you think there's something to this? Like Shanahan just gets McVay and he's just, he well, just has him. <laughs> well, and I love that Sean McVay. <laughs> They was asked this question in the virtual press conference this week. And he's like, is Kyle oh, Shanahan in your head? No. He just said no. Straight. I think that was earlier today, actually. Um, and, you know, I think that if you beat a team that many times, um, mm -hmm. it's not luck, right? Like, you've reached a trend to the point where it's not a fluke. It's not luck at this point. There is something mm -hmm. to it. I don't know what it is. And there are always trend breakers and situations like that but it's a big reason for me why where a lot of people are betting against the 49ers this week because of that trend I'm betting on the 49ers because I do think that there's something to that and obviously there's a lot more reasons why but for the trend specifically like something this season in this year's series they say you know it's hard to beat a team twice it's hard to beat a team three times of course it's gonna be even harder to beat a team seven times but 
the teams that actually have swept the regular season meeting and then met again a third time in the postseason have a better win percentage than they do a losing percentage. I, I wish I had the number in front of me right now, but it's like 12 and three or 14 and three or something like that. Wow. Where, where, yeah. Uh, maybe, oh gosh, I'll have to look it up after this. I'm so frustrated. Maybe, maybe it was a little bit you. less, but I, I know that it was a, there were more wins than left. Maybe it's 14 and eight or something like that. Um, and so they, I don't think that that narrative is necessarily the most comprehensively true that you can't win a te- beat a team that many times. I think that you can't. And they've done it in different ways as well. Like you look at the two mm-hmm. meetings this season, San Francisco jumped out to a 14 nothing lead and never looked back in the first meeting, ran it down LA's throats week 18. 49ers were down 17 nothing at halftime and had to come all the way back. But similarities were certainly Rams turnovers and the physicality with which the 49ers play is kind of bully ball. The way that they run the football, um, some numbers I do have in front of me right now, in both games, that brand of just physical run game, San Francisco outgained LA after first contact 254 to 95. Like that's dramatic. 291 to 116 overall. Um, It's just a different brand of football that for whatever reason, LA hasn't combated the way you think they were. And if San Francisco is healthy enough to play that brand of football that they're good at doing, I think that they have success in this game. Um, It's just a matter of, are they healthy enough to do that? Like the Trent Williams injury and him not practicing so far this week is very worrisome to me, especially against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. Um, but Jimmy he wasn't Garoppolo in the week injured. 18 game, I think, with Trent Williams. So that was the only nugget to me that I was like, I think he missed week 18 and they they got on without him. So maybe they can do it again. Well, and that was an instance, though, I believe, where they knew he, like, they knew he wasn't going to play, right? So they were so already they had time prepared to, for that yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, versus like this situation where it's the will he, won't they. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It just Can't it's something count that on frustrates him. me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Especially because, like... We've seen when he's not 100% how things go, and he's been jumping off. He's been having a lot of weird penalties lately. I don't know. I'm just – I want him to be himself so that they can have success. Sorry. I'm I love talking about the much. 49ers with you. Huh? <laughs> I love talking about the 49ers with you because I can tell how invested you are, and I love seeing, like, your Instagram stories with your family when you're watching the games. Everybody's so invested. Um, so this is a great game to talk about. Here's a point that I'm also very torn on. I looked at this two – Great defenses. I think this is going to be a great defensive matchup. I want to look at an under here. It's already down to 46 at Bet Rivers, down from 47. And I have to believe that, especially because we're in the playoffs here, win or go home, that we're going to see a tighter contest than we saw those first two times. It was 31 to 10 the first game, 27 to 24 the next game. But part of me is like, maybe this is now getting into a territory where we look at an over. Like, what do you think of this total? I'm not betting the total strictly because I have such a hard time with it because I I mean the trends when it comes to San Francisco as you mentioned in the, in the series and just in general I think like their one over that San Francisco has had over their last like six or seven games was against LA in that week 18 mm-hmm. game um mm-hmm. but they're like a hard under team this year and but I mean like the Rams offense and you know everything that they can do makes you want to say oh but hey where can we go with this I'm I have too many question marks on both sides of the ball for me to want to bet this total it's something that maybe like 
I, I love betting in-game totals. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's one of my favorite activities to do is to like see where a game is going early and then I just hard bet a total after that. How long do you wait? Because I don't usually do that in-game because I find that I've, I've just never been very successful at getting a better number than I usually get pre-game. Um, I guess because once the game starts, then, you know, it, it just seems like the line gets sharper and sharper to me. So how long do you wait? How much do you look for in a game before you make a decision on that? I will do it at any time and I will keep betting it. So, um, but I mean, honestly, <laughs> where I probably make the majority of my money is betting in-game Wow. Because... Because I have no fear. And if I'm watching the game and I feel like I have a good feel for where it's going, I don't care if I'm not getting a better number if I think that it'll still win. That's great. That's like that's how I feel about spreads, especially with the NBA more so. But even in even in the NFL, I feel like I get a feel for how the game is going and I have a better idea of what I'm trying to get from the spread. And hopefully the opportunity presents itself. So that's cool that you can do that with the total as well, because for me, um, I'm so scared that either things are just going to dry up at the end or go crazy at the end. It just seems like sometimes you just don't know. So it's a good skill to have. Uh, obviously, I have questions about Jimmy G as well. We're hoping that he's not in too much pain. We talked about this actually on My Guys in the Desert, your show that you host for VEASAN today, uh, that he his shoulder wasn't listed on the injury report anymore. But I mentioned that that injury happened after he tried not to fall on his fractured finger. And I'm like, how is this guy still throwing a football at this point? He found a way to do it week 18 and do it well. Um, in fact, they said that they kind of got rid of the ball quickly. This is from Pro Football Focus. It says Garoppolo got rid of the football on pass plays in an average of 2.29 seconds. And the rest of the regular season games, he held on to an average of 2.57, just milliseconds here we're talking about. Uh, but in those two games, the Rams sacked Garoppolo four times for a negative 29 yards. So I'm wondering if he's kind of figured out this Rams team as well. And people don't really give him a lot of credit here. So do you think he's going to be so injured that it's going to hinder his ability to kind of pass? We talked about looking at maybe an under on his prop. Yeah. So speaking of, thank you very much for coming on the show today. I appreciate you. Um, yeah. I, it's funny when I teased our segment, I was like, and coming up next, Danielle Alvari, we're going to yell at each other about the Rams 49ers game. <laughs> uh, no, it was great though. And I really appreciate your insight on LA. As far as Jimmy G is concerned, I, the prop for Jimmy G, I would have gone under initially when it was mm -hmm. first set. But so many people have bet the under that that thing has just dropped and dropped and dropped. Like at every sports book I see. I think I saw like 222 and a half most recently. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, and I think yesterday it was like 230. So it just continues to drop that I might actually get That's in huge. on an over if people keep betting that. If because Just because it's dropped so significantly, obviously he's not the type of player that's going to go out there and sling it. But when you have guys like Debo Samuel, like I mentioned, those those rushing yards after contact, it's the same thing with him in the receiving game. And, and a lot of our players where are, like I'm a member of the team, sorry, and a lot of San Francisco 49ers players who get those yards after contact, yards after catch that can mm -hmm. pad some of those stats for Jimmy G if you get in those situations. So I might actually look to an over depending on where that number gets to this Finally week. Finally, so. so we'll see. But yeah, but with his with his health, I think he's kind of used to the thumb at this point because um, it's been a few yeah. weeks now yeah. and it's not fun. It's torn ligaments and a fracture in your thumb on your throwing hand and you have to touch the ball on every single play. So it's not a fun thing that he's going through. I mean, he cussed in, he's in made every that clear. 
yeah, yeah. he's cussed in every interview when he's been asked about how it feels. It doesn't feel good. But I think he knows what he's working with at this point, and so he's gotten better at working around it. My worry with him is making the critical mistake, which I'm sure is something that a lot of Rams fans worry about with Matt Stafford, even though he hasn't thrown an interception so far in the postseason. Like, he's one of those guys that you've seen throw the pick six when you can't throw the pick six. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't throwing red zone interceptions all year, and now he can't stop. So <laughs> as long as, for me, Well, Jimmy that's G interesting. I almost... Either looking at an interception prop for one of the quarterbacks or even uh, that would be interesting to see where those kind of land at. And even trying to pick which player is going to grab it. Because I feel like with the 49ers, you could kind of narrow that down and you might be able to get some nice juicy odds on that. As much as I hate to say it. Yeah, I'd be curious what the number is right now on a Jimmy G interception, probably like minus 120 or something like that, because it's become so common. Like the yeah. back half of the season, he's just thrown so... He's, th I mean, significantly more interceptions than touchdowns the back half of the year, which is not ideal. Um, but it's because <laughs> they've been so efficient in the run game and they do dominate time of possession and they do score other ways. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, God, it just frustrates me. And I, I believe in San Francisco. I really do. I bet them money line. I bet them plus the points. I have a future on them even to win the Super Bowl. They're what giving the me line? team of destiny vibes. Uh, what is it right now? I think it's like plus or what did you, right yeah, now. What did you get it at? Yeah, because I, I had Rams versus Bucks money line, and that was plus 120, so it wasn't anything stellar. But, like, for example, now I would love to just bet Rams money line in this one um, and not have to worry about that three and a half. That hook looks terrible, but, you know, obviously you're not getting the best numbers here. Um, I also love something that Bet Rivers has up right now, too. Before we talk about the other game, I guess we'll need to talk about that one. We'll do this last, then. We'll do this last. Let's talk about the other game. Uh, Bengals and Chiefs, right? So this was 7.5 at one point. I think it's 7 again. Uh, total sitting around 54.5. People love the over for this game. They think we're in for a shootout. I agree, because we know that the last time these two teams played, Burrow had four touchdowns. Mahomes had two. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking about Bengals-Chiefs? Oh, it's like begging you to bet the over. That's why it was bet up so fast because it opened most books at like 50 or 51, shot up to 54 and a half where it stayed pretty consistently now. I mean, the Chiefs have put up 42 themselves in each of their playoff games. So it's hard to think that they're not going to go and do that again. But then my heartstrings are pulled a little bit because in the Buffalo game, that was looking like an under game until two-minute drill. You know what I mean? Like, until Josh Allen scores that touchdown, and then all of a sudden you've got an insane back and forth of offense, offense, offense. <laughs> like, it, it was an under game with two minutes to play, and then it wasn't. Um, so, I'm not sure. I, I like the Chiefs in this game, which grosses me out because it's such a heavy public play. On so play. many levels. Everybody's on <laughs> everybody's on Kansas City and honestly like as a fan as a human being I would love to see the Bengals get the upset and there's reason to believe they could like you said they won the week 17 game 34-31 if the hookup between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is anything like that I mean Jamar Chase 266 yards and three touchdowns like it was insanity it was so cool and exciting and fun to see and you saw how good the Bengals really could be offensively that's also just extremely difficult to replicate. We saw Joe Burrow get sacked nine freaking times. Really? Oh. Really, it was 11, Danielle. Because the one that he that got hit that wasn't, like, taken into account and the one after the timeout, like, it's just, 
He got hit a lot, like, so many times. He's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL this year, him and Ryan Tannehill, just stupid. And their weakness is especially on that right side, which is where Chris Jones for KC lines up for 60% of his snaps. Like, that's not yeah. a recipe for, like, healthy, happy Joe Burrow all game. So, I wonder I don't what the know. total sacks prop is going to be for this game. I know. Oh, my gosh. That's a good one. We got to look. I wonder that. if we could find that somewhere because that would be <laughs> hilarious to see what the number is at just because I'm sure Joe, Joe Burrow's numbers inflate it. Yeah. I just, oh, I, I have trouble with it. I'm probably, depending on if for whatever reason, there's like some sharp money that comes in or something mm -hmm. like that and the number changes, like I would, ugh, I just, I don't want to be betting the Chiefs in over. That's so. Can I tell you a, a kind of cowardly idea? Sure. That's what I'm going to call it. What about like a teaser between these two games? I mean, you tease the Niners up to like, nine and a half. Bagel? No, I was gonna. I was gonna say Chiefs. Yeah, I was gonna say Chiefs down to one and a half, and Niners up to nine and a half. Because I don't think the Niners. I think the Niners are going to win or barely lose. So I don't even need that many points with them. That's why I said it was cowardly a little bit. Cause I'm like the, the, the Niners, I don't even think need nine and a half. No, that's a game again. I just, I really think it's going to come down to a field goal and I could yeah. totally eating my words and the Rams could kick their butts and it could be embarrassing. And everyone, at least for the first half. Yeah. And it, well, and everybody could be like, Hey, we told you so. It was so obvious. How are you so stupid? You're such a Homer. Like, but I could see it being a field goal game so easily, which is why I think the three and a half is a good bet. Even if you don't like the 49ers to win it, because if it comes down to a field goal, you have the hook. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I lean to the Bengals side of things here because of the hook here, the seven and a half. I think that we saw this game last time so close and it's playoffs. It's different. Maybe the chiefs aren't messing around anymore and everybody knows the Bengals weaknesses at this point. So maybe that's silly, but I just feel like with the hook, I'd rather be on the Bengals side of this. Yeah. Well, so, but you can't really get the hook anymore. So that's that rivers what... has it. Oh, <laughs> but that, that rivers has plus seven so and a half. Good. So shop around. Yeah. Shop around <laughs> because I feel like those seven and a halfs are rare. Like jump on it at bet rivers. If that's what you, if that's the side that you're backing, because yeah. I feel like most sports books all over the place have been at seven and the minute they change it to a seven and a half, or God forbid they get to a six and a half. It's just, you're going to get such an influx. that's going to move it back. So if you can yeah. get those numbers. Ooh, baby. Don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. For me, these, these hooks are dangerous. It reminds me of that SpongeBob episode with the hooks. That's, <laughs> that's what this is like right now for me. I'm like, Oh, it's just, it's a booby trap. I think it's a booby trap. Um, but I am, I'm nervous more for this Rams and Niners game because I think that the Rams are the better team, but like you said, they've been giving things away a little too easily, especially in those second half. So it'll be interesting. This is what I wanted to end with is bet rivers also has up, uh, who you think is going to be in the super bowl and you can, it's an exacto, right? So who's playing who and, and who's going to win is basically what you have to decide here. Um, any thoughts on this right now? Here are the odds chiefs to beat the Rams, uh, plus two fifty. So that's the shortest shot. Rams to beat the Chiefs is plus 333. Chiefs to beat the 49ers, 4 to 1. So that's if your Niners advance, the Chiefs advance. And then 49ers to beat the Chiefs, longest shot here at plus 650. Well, that's the one it should be, obviously. I mean, there's more options, but those are the top, <laughs> yeah. top four I was options. Say, I noticed you didn't mention like Bengals, 49ers, or 49ers. Oh, 20 to 1? Sure. <laughs> oh, man. Take it. Oh, man. Yeah, the books have no belief 
and the Bengals. And that's what, that's why it's so hard. That's why I like hate that I'm rallying with the public so hard, but I do like, I just, oh, I like Kansas City. The Bengals are just not there yet, right? Like they're so fun to watch because of Joey B when he's standing and not getting, you know, pushed over, but they're, they're just not quite there yet to be able to beat the Chiefs for me. We do a um, like a bit on my guys in the desert on Tuesdays called Hot Take Tuesday, and it was a few. It was like before the Bengals made the Super uh, made the postseason, and it was the Bengals are legit Super Bowl contenders. Was the hot take that my producer gave me to determine the hotness Steph. of? And I said yes, but next year I don't think that they are yes. legit contenders this year so in the future I think the future is bright like maybe get a good offensive line any hooser as far as these exactas go yeah um yeah. you said was it Chiefs over the Niners was four to one yeah I like you that don't believe one. in your Niners do you want do you want 49ers to beat the Chiefs that's plus 650 uh, I have a 30 to one <laughs> Super Bowl ticket on San Francisco I want when them did you buy win. that when did you grab that um was it week 14? Wow, so later in the season you believed. Yeah, I got on I got on the bandwagon when they started kind of turning things around a little bit. Um but yeah, That's so I got great, a really though, 30 good, to 1. I got a really good number on it. Um I wish I would have bet them to win the NFC though, just like get to the Super Bowl, like that yeah. would have been probably yeah. still really good value at that time. I just was like Super I Bowl. I felt that let's way about go. the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> when they were in their little skid, you could have got some good good odds on that. Some people did. Yeah. But I'm just trying to think of value in those exactas. Like Chiefs 49ers would be a good one. I feel like Chiefs Rams, Rams Chiefs, like they're top of the odds boards for a reason yeah. because they're the favorites this yeah. week and Chiefs are going to be the favorite if they win. So I don't know. As far as value goes, if the 49ers could pull off the team of destiny stuff, I would like, I would say Chiefs over Niners or Niners over Chiefs. And then you have all those storylines from a couple years ago when the Chiefs beat San Francisco and it was yeah oh gosh that was when I was still working for the Golden Knights and I had to be subjected to that game in Tampa with all of my co-workers that were all rooting for Kansas City mind you with no financial investment okay it's just wrong and it's cruel to do to your friend and colleague that I not only bet San Francisco but am a lifelong fan and had to watch it with a bunch of Chiefs just backers for no reason. Nobody is from KC. I was ugh. yeah, no bet, no opinion. Any exactly. <laughs> that is the worst thing. I don't know about how you feel with regards to this, but there is like no worse feeling than watching a game or a fight or an event, whatever it is that you have money on, and somebody has they're they're not a fan. They just think <laughs> what they're gonna think and didn't bet on it or anything and are like rooting violently against you. Like I have never wanted to punch somebody more than the McGregor fight earlier this year. Anyways, all these bad vibes. How's life? This is why, <laughs> this is exactly why we brought Stormy on. Okay. The resident 49ers fan at Visa. not going to find a more hardcore, hardcore 49ers fan than her. Uh, so thank you to Stormy for making some time for us. I feel like, I mean, if the, I this is going to sound bad if you're a Rams fan, but if the 49ers win, I'm not going to be that upset. This is a, I like the 49ers team. I do. They're hard workers. They're grinding it out. They're making magic happen, Danielle. Come on, let's go. There's the sales pitch. Uh, no, but I, I do think that the Rams are the better team, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. And I mean, they are. They, they probably are, but 
for whatever reason, this matchup just, I like the Niners and, oh yeah, it's a rough life being me and being a 49ers backer and better, but it's worked out so far this postseason. So I will say that. Thank you for having me on. One of us won't be able to say that. And I know you keep on trying to tell me your shirt is orange. But it's red, baby. It's red. It's it's whatever you want it to be, Stormy, because you're the best. You can find her on My Guys in the Desert on VSIN. You can find her on Twitter at Storm Bonatoni. Thank you so much, Stormy. Thank you. You're the best. Coming up, men's college basketball. UCLA hosted Cal on Thursday and USC hosted Stanford. They'll swap opponents on Saturday. Let's talk about it all next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to BetRivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the BetRivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where BetRivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Let's talk Cal at UCLA. UCLA was a 16-point favorite in this game on Thursday night, and they covered it easily. Cal looked abysmal. Sorry, there's no other way to put it. Total for this game was 130 and a half, and yes, I did bet the under, and yes, it just barely went over. Final score for this one, 81 to 57. So, uh, lots of fouling at the end, unfortunately for me. I think that it just, just went over on a Jake Kaiman either jumper or three, and the crowd went wild, and there was about 45 seconds left, and I was like, I'm dead. I'm dead in the water here, so that's how it goes sometimes. I still liked the handicap. There was a lot of screwy things that actually happened before the game too. I wasn't sure about the status of Jalen Clark. We have an update now. He didn't play on Tuesday versus Arizona. UCLA, one of his be- one of UCLA's best defenders is what I was trying to say there. Dealing with a concussion doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. I think there was question marks, for, at least for me, whether he was going to be in this game or not. And he just makes a huge impact on defense for them, obviously. But UCLA's defense as a whole has been really, really impressive uh, these last two games especially. But no Jalen Clark. And Mick Cronin said after the game, head coach, that he's not expected to come back this week probably. So we will most likely not see him versus Stanford on Saturday either. And then also Johnny Juzang. I believe Bruin Report Online tweeted this out about an hour before the game. That's I saw it a little bit after but I thought oh Johnny Juzang is out for UCLA he's their lead scorer he's their main guy I always talk about how well first of all this team does a pretty good job of spreading out the wealth usually Uh, so Johnny obviously being the lead but everybody else kind of playing their supporting role and and contributing a little bit on the offensive side of things but I kind of thought without Johnny that might jank them up a little bit more and I thought for sure this under was going to hit so that is when I locked it in and turns out it just barely went over so I still like the handicap here even with all the monkey wrenches and craziness that went in but Cal was really really playing from behind lots of fouling so many turnovers for Cal my goodness Uh, but UCLA's offense I think so impressive because that's where I've been kind of waiting to see a bigger bigger boom a bigger uh, or rather more consistency from UCLA because I've liked their defense from the start of the season. Was it a little, you know, rough around the edges, need some polishing? Yes, I think we got there. But I would 
count on their defense more than their offense on any given night. Now I'm starting to see an offense that I'm really happy with. They shot 52.6% tonight. Cal, if anything, has a defense that's pretty decent. But what I will say about this game is even their coach said after that they lost their defense in this game. So again, I like the handicap for the under, and I feel gypped. And they did hold Cal to just 57 points. It's just, I mean, Cal didn't really do much to hold UCLA back at all. And that could be Cal's defense not showing up. That could be UCLA's offense starting to really make some strides forward, which I think is great. They were 8 of 18 from three, so nothing stellar. Uh, well, actually, it's pretty good. 44.4%, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Rebounding, UCLA out-rebounded them 33-25, to 25, definitely on the offensive boards. And, I mean, these turnovers, you would not believe. UCLA had nine, which was also uncharacteristic. A lot, we saw a lot more of Peyton Watson, freshman, and I say this in the nicest way, but like freak athlete, just incredible the kind of things that he can do just instinctually, but just so a diamond in the rough for me. Can't wait to see him when he's fully developed with the offensive side of his game a little bit more. I think we all can agree on that, but going to be so much fun to watch in the NBA one day, really, just because that's that's where this is headed at this point. Uh, plus, he loves the crowd so much. If you guys haven't had the pleasure of going to a UCLA game yet this season, he really feeds off the student section. Like, they all do. This team is great about that. I mean, Jaime Hawkins, you see him do that, Tiger Campbell. But Peyton Watson, it's like he's in a, you know, it's like he's a gladiator. That's what it's like. It's like Peyton Watson's a gladiator, and he's putting on a show for this student section. He really, really feeds off it. Uh, so that's why you see him do all these crazy cool things, but then, you know, get a little too uh, out of hand and maybe miss a three-pointer or two. Nevertheless, we saw a lot of him, and just... That was nice to see, but it also, we got to see that that was a little bit more raw than maybe UCLA was ready for, but all in all, great, great performance again by the Bruins. Oh, I didn't even tell you, 17 turnovers by Cal. 17 turnovers. I felt like, the, and, and they were bad. They, it's like, it looked like pickup basketball when like <laughs> you're playing with somebody like much older than you or just way better than you are. And you're just getting like, it looks like you're just handing it to them. Like, oh, that's okay. I was done with it. Real bad. Real, real bad. So, uh, yeah, UCLA largest lead was 26 in that game. They were 16-point favorites. They covered it. I was surprised by that because, like I said, not but a few days ago, UCLA's not been great at covering lately, and that is largely indicative of how their offense was looking. But they've picked it up. I mean, they've covered the last two games now, two for two. And before those two games, they were one of six ATS in their last seven games. So now what? In their last nine games, they're three and nine. That doesn't sound great, but I mean, two straight. Hey, that's something. That's the start of a streak. Uh, as for Cal, continue to be at the bottom of the Pac-12, unfortunately. They're off to face USC next, which USC can't be happier about, I'm sure, because they are coming off a tough loss to Stanford. Stanford swept USC. When does that happen? USC was an 11-point favorite in this, 10.5, depending on where you got your number. And the total, 141, well under. So a higher total even than the UCLA, by 11 points, mind you, than the UCLA-Cal game, and way, way under. USC's shooting was really streaky. It was really interesting to see tonight. Final score, 64-61, to 61, Stanford wins it. It was very sketchy at the end. Harrison Ingram hit a go-ahead layup with 33 seconds left. And then Isaiah Mobley for USC misses a potential game-tying free throw with 13 seconds left. What did Greg Peterson say when he came on this show? 
the king of college basketball, what did he say? <laughs> At least college basketball betting. He said that this is the worst or one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country in Division One basketball, USC. Now they've cleaned it up a little bit. I think they went eight of nine in this game for three throws. So it wasn't this game specific, but I'm just pointing it out because it was the game tire. Game tire uh, and then goes on, unfortunately, and not to put this all on Isaiah Mobley, but just as how it played out at the end. Misses the potential game-tying three-pointer with three seconds to go. And there you have it. Number 15, USC loses to Stanford for the second time. Stanford gave them their first loss of the season. And they're able to do it again. And they slowed them down. It was really a weird, disjointed game of runs. USC went up early. 15-0 run in the first half. But then they didn't. They got all janky. They couldn't really pull away like they did earlier in the week versus ASU. Uh, Drew Peterson, by the way, for USC, has led the team in points for the last three games at this point. He had 14. He only went one of eight from inside the arc, but he actually was three of three from three-pointers, so that's where his points came from. Uh, Boogie Ellis, a little bit of a scare for him at one point. At the end, he went up for a dunk. It looked like maybe he hurt his knee. He left. He went to the tunnel. He came back to the bench, and he went back in the game. So a little bit of a scare there, but still finished with 11 points. Um yeah, I mean, USC, here it is. 8 of 10 from the free throw line. So the two misses were in the last three attempts. There's the key. There's the key. So you can't uh, you can't miss the ones that, you know, they all count, but those ones count extra, right? They did have 18 fast break points, uh, which is interesting because, like I said, it was like USC was shooting well, and then they weren't, and Stanford would catch up, and then they were shooting well, and then they weren't. I don't really know what to make of this inconsistency we're seeing from this USC team. As a better, I don't like it. And earlier on My Guys in the Desert, when I was on with Stormy on her show on VSIN, she asked about this game, and I said, Stanford is my little wildcard team in the Pac-12. They're a little feisty uh, number, which is fun when they're not playing UCLA, which they are on Saturday. I think UCLA will be able to handle them, but uh, they are that team that can lose to a really bad team on any given night and can also beat a number 15 ranked team on a random night and sweep USC in the season. So a really well-coached team, I have to say, for Stanford. Uh, they're doing the best they have with the talent that they have, uh, which isn't, you know, maybe the kind of talent that is competitive with what, you you know, USC has. But really well-coached, really nice job by them, and they sweep the, the Trojans. So spicy, spicy little team on the perimeter here uh, with – Stanford and UCLA hosts them on Saturday now. USC will have Cal, so a little bit of swap of the Bay Area games here. I mean, U USC needs this bounce back spot versus Cal. They'll probably be able to cover pretty much whatever the point spread is, but it really depends on how their shooting looks again. So for me, I stayed away from the UC USC Stanford game because Stanford was too variable for me. wasn't sure what I was going to get from them. I said, if anything, if you're giving me double digit points, give me Stanford, and that obviously worked out. Uh, and so when I look at this versus Cal, Cal is not in the same position as Stanford. Cal's offense is abysmal. The one thing they might be able to get going is a defense, but it's not going to be enough to slop, stop a USC offense that's functioning correctly. That's the only thing I'd be worried about is, is, is USC going to get back on track here? The offense was not bad in this game, but they also didn't score very many points. So take that for, with what, what you will. I think that uh, USC will bounce back. I think they'll cover versus Cal. I think it's exactly the spot they need on Saturday. And UCLA, 
uh, on the other side, hosting Stanford. Again, like I said, Stanford, a really well-coached team. So UCLA, not exactly going to be a walk in the park, just like most Pac-12 basketball games. But UCLA, as of late, has really hit this nice stride where they're really looking like a well-oiled machine, even with Johnny Juzang, their leading scorer out. Now, yeah, it was versus Cal, but that was the perfect spot for them to get to kind of have these other guys step up. Jake Kyman as another example, too. I think he had a season high, obviously, 11 points, uh, made some threes, really made the offense actually look really nice when he was in there. Same with uh, David Singleton, I think. David Woods, actually, who is, works for Bruin Report Online, was tweeting about that, how it just looked so much smoother when those two guys were in. Now, are they the biggest offensive weapons you have? No, but they kind of make this nice flow for the offense where the ball moves nicer. Uh, so that was nice to see them, and that was the perfect spot is against Cal to be able to see that, and UCLA to have such a commanding, dominant win still. So with that said, uh, let's see. USC was a 11-point favorite versus Stanford, so you got to imagine UCLA is going to be bigger than that. They just covered a 16-point favorites versus Cal, so I don't know. Maybe they'll be somewhere between 11 and 16 favored over Stanford. If Stanford gets double digits, they're feisty. I don't know. I, I Let's just suffice to say I don't like to bet on Stanford games right now because they're not talented enough for me to trust them but they are well coached enough to keep things close uh ucla though really hitting a stride right now so i would totally understand if you wanted to lay a double digit spread with them um like a crazy person why not i think gonzaga by the way speaking of double digit spreads played loyola marymount university i was going to call it lmu but some people don't know what that means and thursday night and they were 26 and a half point favorites 26 and a half. I, I checked during the first quarter and they were already up to 28 and a half point favorites. That is in, is anybody going to beat Gonzaga this year? I don't know. This could be the Zags year. So much to think about. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. Remember new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and yeah, Friday. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to the pod. If you ever have questions, comments, concerns, things you want to talk about, then tweet at me at Danielle Avari and I'll be back come hell or high water for more fun and games on Monday. And will the Rams be going to the Super Bowl? We'll find out. So come on back for more of the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.